It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. The crowd comes to its feet as the Indy Fuel knock off the Fort Wayne Comets by a count of 5-2, to two, their fifth consecutive victory. Those are the final few seconds of a weekend sweep for the Indy Fuel and a five-game winning streak as the Fuel knocked off Tulsa, Kalamazoo and Fort Wayne over the weekend, backing up victories over Toledo and Cincinnati from earlier in the week. And the Fuel playing some great hockey right now. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel as we take a look back at the previous few games with the Fuel and that five-game winning streak. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. We'll also bring you a few guests over the next few minutes of the podcast as we'll bring you three new guys. Fuel players Cliff Watson, Ryan Van Strahlen, and Matthew Fogut, as well as the ECHL's top power play scoring defenseman Keone Takshira. And also, we'll bring you the interview Nick Olchek and I enjoyed with our Hockey Fights Cancer Night guest, Eddie Olchek, who joined our booth for a conversation Friday night. But first, let's take a look back at the Fuel's five-game winning streak. It started when the Toledo Walleye came to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. The Fuel were coming off back-to-back losses, including an overtime road loss in Cincinnati the night before. And right away, Jake Schultz dropped the gloves with Toledo's Mike Moffat, settling a score from three weeks before when Moffat delivered a hit on Alex Krushelniski. Shortly thereafter, the Fuel killed off a penalty, and Alex Router set the tone for the game. Nick Olchak joins me for the call. Well, I work it into the zone, but just five seconds to go on the power play, and Keone Texero lobs it out to the line. Two on one for Indy. Van Strollen with Router. Van Strollen takes to Router. Fire scores! Alex Router right off the end of the penalty kill on the feed from Van Strollen. A quick two on one develops, and Van Strollen hits Router on the back door, who beats Christopoulos on the stick side. And two minutes and 26 seconds into the game, the Fuel lead at one to nothing. How about the hand-eye coordination from Ryan Van Strahlen? Keone Tixier is trying to clear this puck all the way down the ice from his own zone. Van Strahlen realized that, tried to get a head start. And that puck was probably four and a half feet off the ice. He was able to knock it down, go in on the two-on-one, and a beautiful pass back door. What a start for the Indy Fuel. It was a back-and-forth game, and just 42 seconds after Toledo tied things up in the third, Cliff Watson's wraparound goal became the game-winner. It was his first goal with the Fuel, but he now has six points in nine games with Indy. Puck fed to Plouffe across the line, into the left-wing corner, in behind the Toledo net. Pops out the right side, Plouffe to Rizek. One-timer on goal, save bait, a rebound, tumbling around in the slot. Players diving all over for it. Wraparound score! The Fuel retake the lead as Cliff Watson finds the puck below the goal line as everybody was trying to dive for it in the slot. Watson found it, took it all the way around the net, and stuffed it on the short side past Christopoulos, who didn't have the post sealed. And just like that, the Fuel have responded, and they lead it 3-2. to two. It's another one of our intermission guests that comes through when it matters most. Cliff Watson... With a great read to dive in from the blue line, find the puck at the side of the net, and then the presence of mind to wrap it around and beat the goalie to the post. Just a beautiful play. Looked like a play that a 30-goal scorer would make. 
And that was just a huge goal for the Fuel. Just like that, now they have the lead. They got to keep it coming. They got to keep their foot on the pedal. 42 seconds after Toledo tied the game. Cliff Watson gives the Fuel the lead back. He's a two-goal scorer now. A couple nights later, Cliff Watson joined us for a pregame conversation. Watson was a two-year captain at Michigan Tech who is in his third pro season as a rookie. He won a Kelly Cup with Colorado in 2018, and he had been a key player in Kansas City, helping lead them to a playoff berth last year before coming to the Fuel in a January trade, and he has been a tremendous asset for the Fuel offensively and defensively, as well as quarterbacking one of the two power play units. Here is Cliff Watson. How have your first two weeks in India been, and how have you enjoyed being with the team so far? Uh, so far, it's been a really good experience. Um, all the guys in the locker room were very welcoming, and um, it's a good group. And for me and Vanny to come into you know a good atmosphere like this, it's been really easy transition for us, and um, everything's been great on and off the ice. So living in India is it similar a lot to living in Kansas City? Both kind of the same type of cities. Yeah, there's lots of similarities. Um, obviously, a little bit bigger here, I think. So. Um, you know, there's a little bit more to do, but both awesome cities, you know, big sports cities, and it's been fun so far. It's kind of uh, describe uh, it, being able to jump in and contribute right away. You had a couple of points last weekend and contributed to a big win over uh, Wheeling on Saturday or over Atlanta on Saturday night. But you know, how good was it to be able to jump in and contribute on the score sheet right away? Yeah, it's nice a lot, uh, you know, to be able to come in and, and help a lot like that. And, um, you know, you see Vanny, you know, has two goals right away, and it's it's good to see it. It, you know, helps us feel a bit more comfortable getting to come in and get put in situations that, um, you know, where we're needed. Um, and, you know, so far it's been great, and hopefully we get to keep contributing. So is it much of a transition when you get traded midseason to jump in and kind of have to learn new systems, or can you just kind of pick up right away? There's definitely some new systems, but... Um, you know, for the most part, you just got to go over there, go out there, and play the game for a little bit, and then, and then you get to kind of learn the terminology uh, the next few, you know, a few weeks. And um, but at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and play and compete. Uh, it's happened a couple of times in your career. What's it like to be traded midseason and kind of have to jump in uh, with a new team? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's never easy to to get in with a new group of guys midseason, and and you know, from going up and down and getting traded, it's it's always a different experience every time. And you know, at the end of the day, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to meet new guys, and um, I think it's uh, something that's going to be good in the long run. You finished your college career with a conference championship, played in the NCAA tournament. You started your pro career as a rookie, uh, hoisting the Kelly Cup. Uh, what does it mean to you to have been a part of a couple of championship teams like that in back-to-back -back years? Yeah, I was definitely fortunate uh, to be a part of some good teams. Um, you know, it's always fun getting to win at the end of the year, and, and that was special for me my first year, and and now I know, you know, what it takes and, you know, being, you know, on a team last year where we were in the playoffs again, I just know how hard it is to get back. So, um, you know, being on this team now, I'm just going to try to do whatever it takes to help them get it back. It's going to describe your style of play. How do you uh, try to play your game? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I'm, you know, have an offensive side and at the same time I can play, you know, a solid defensive game too. So I think I find myself right in the middle and, you know, able to do a little bit of both and, um, you know, be a part of special teams. That's something that I've kind of prided myself on the last couple of years here in, in the ECHL. So um, just continue doing that and, and move forward. With this team, with Keone, with you, you basically have two really solid power play quarterbacks at the back end uh, leading each unit. How nice of a luxury is that to have two guys that can really run each power play unit and dish the puck? Yeah, Keone is really good out there. He's fun to watch. He's a smart player, moves the puck really well. And, you know, I think I bring a little bit of that element too. And, you know, both good shooters, so I think that helps a lot. You know, having two um, two units with some you know experienced guys up top, and 
Um, I think it'll help a lot going down here towards playoffs. Two years as a captain at Michigan Tech. What does it mean to you as a player to have been able to wear the C, not just for one year, but for two in college? Yeah, it's a big honor, especially when you get to wear it in, in college. I think um, you're with those guys for four years, and, and when they you know pick you to you know be one of the leaders on the team, it means a lot, and, and it's something special. Now, this team's got a lot of guys who were season A's in college or in junior or at different levels in the pros. How much do you see that leadership show through in the room and really kind of help set the tone for this season? Yeah, you definitely see it, and I think right away when I showed up, um, it's something I learned really quick that there's lots of guys that wore letters here for their college teams, and you know I think it shows a lot that uh, you know there's lots of good leaders in this room, and I think it helps us you know night in, night out. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Yeah, thank you. The Fuel backed up that 3-2 victory over Toledo with another 3-2 win over first place Cincinnati on Tuesday. Alex Router has had a hot stick. He helped the Fuel get off to a good start, scoring and then setting up Matthew Foget to give the Fuel a 2-0 lead. Teixeira picks off a pass, feeds in front to Alex Router. He scores the Fuel lead at 1-0 on a power play goal as Teixeira intercepted an outlet pass at the point. Fed Router in front, and he was able to deke past Phillips, find an open side, and give the Fuel an early lead. The attempted clearance, I think it was Justin Baudry, tries to go up the middle because up the boards trying to clear the puck. That was taken away. And a great read by Keone Teixeira. Beautiful pass to Alex Router. Quick little stick handle, backhand, forehand. And he beats Jamie Phillips. Gets it free of Watson, but not to Jake Reisick. His outlet pass is knocked back along the inboards, but Reisick again collects. Up the far side of the tape of Router to Matthew Fogan across the line, beats the knee, takes to the backhand, and scars. Matthew Fogan gives the fuel a 2 to nothing lead on a great feed from Alex Router. He got a step on the D from the blue line in, was able to go to the backhand, beat Phillips, and give the fuel a 2 to nothing edge. Coming into this game, Alex Router was on a four-game heater, a four-game point streak. Came in with three goals and two assists. And we're not even halfway through the first period. He's already got a goal and an assist. And an outstanding slick move, forehand, backhand by Matthew Foget. Take nothing away from him, but a beautiful little slip pass to the middle. Foget went in all alone. And Jamie Phillips unable to move from his left to his right quick enough. As Foget goes forehand, backhand, top cheese. Matthew Fogan added another goal in the second period, giving India three to one lead. That became the game winner as Charles Williams made twenty-two saves to make a three to two victory, stand up for the fuel, and extend the winning streak to two. Speaking of Matthew Fogan, he is another recent addition to the fuel, joining the team in a January deal from the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. He had tallied just nine points in nineteen games with two teams this season before coming to Indy, but with the fuel he has been red hot. With three goals and eight assists, 11 points in his nine games in Indianapolis. He's a second-year pro and had a really good rookie season with 20 goals and 48 points for the Orlando Solar Bears last season. And he has been outstanding in his time with the Fuel this year. We also had a chance to catch up with Matthew Fogut this week and talk about his two-goal game against the Cyclones. First of all, you've been here in Indy now for a couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of describe your experience here with the Fuel. Uh, it's been great so far. Uh, you know, everyone's really good here. Boys are good. Great coaching staff and really good uh, fan base. So it's really exciting. Uh, two goals last game. Uh, just describe what it was like to... to put a couple of uh, past the goaltender and 
really uh, be able to propel your team to a big win on Tuesday night? Yeah, obviously it feels good to produce. Uh, I mean, the whole team is going, so it's a really fun team game to play in, and uh, hopefully we can get you know, on the same track tonight. So your first goal on Tuesday, a partial breakaway. How good of a feed was it from Router to spring you? And then when you get a step on the D, is it a case where you're using your speed to get to the net? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're huge on slash support, so, uh, you know, their they're D were playing outside dots, and then uh, Routes found me in the middle, and I had to step on the guy, so uh, I got uh, slashed pretty hard, actually, so I was uh, lucky to find the back end on that one. Describe what it's like uh, to be dealt in the middle of the season. You're getting ready to play a game in Atlanta in Greenville, and then you, uh, you come up here, and what is it like to... Going to relocate and then get uh, adjusted to a new team. Uh, obviously, it's a little difficult, but uh, the nature of this league it happens all the time, you know. Um, so the boys are really welcoming, and uh, I'm just glad uh, I got to produce right away off the bat, and uh, I'm just really excited to be here for sure. Yeah, how important was it that you, you and Ryan and Cliff, all that first weekend, all of you had multiple points, and get you kind of worked into a new team? Yeah, I mean, being an offensive producer obviously definitely helped uh, just for the confidence and everything. So uh, to step in and produce right away is definitely a good feeling and uh, just hoping for a huge second half here. So what's, uh, here in year two as a pro, you know, what's really been the biggest, say, adjustment, but the biggest area of growth for you as you went from year one to year two? Uh, I'd say my play away from the puck, you know, offense has always found its way for me ever since I was, I was young. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely in the pros, you can't be a one-dimensional player. you got to be two-dimensional. So uh, definitely been trying to work on my defense a lot, and uh, I think it's paid off. Uh, 20 goals last year in Orlando. Uh, what really clicked for you as a rookie? Uh, just opportunity. Uh, I mean, it's all about opportunity and confidence. So uh, I had a coach there in Drake Marhowski who really believed in me and uh, just gave me the ice time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I proved what I can do. And uh, just like, like like I said, it's all about opportunity and confidence, I think. It's like kind of the culture here, too, is it gives players opportunities to shine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, if you give a kid an opportunity and some confidence, I mean, it's scary what he can do. So uh, I really appreciate the opportunity I've got here so far. And uh, like I said, just looking for a strong push. And second half. You're one of the few players that's used both the college route and the major junior route to the pros. How did each of those help repair you, and what are some of the differences between the two levels of play? Uh, big difference. Uh, I mean, Merrimack uh, just definitely wasn't the right fit for me. Um, so uh, I made a big decision to leave there and uh, sign with my hometown team, uh, 67s in the OHL, and I think that was the best decision for my career. Uh, I went to Ottawa, Flourish, and then second year I went to Mississauga and Flourish even more, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's two, uh, two completely different leagues. You know, college, guys are older, less games. And then when you go to the OHL, more games. Guys are younger. I'd say a little more skilled. So uh, a, little more, a little bit more open, a little bit more my type of hockey. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time in both, but I think I definitely flourished uh, in the OHL for sure. So what was it like playing for Jeff Brown? I know he won a championship here, coaching a few of your teammates in junior as well. Yeah, no, I really loved Brownie. I mean, he was a big fan of mine. And, uh I can't thank him enough for you know, the thing he did for me when I was in Ottawa, so it was definitely great playing for Brownie for sure. What's it like playing in your hometown? That was really special. Uh, I grew up you know, idolizing those guys, and then to become one of those guys was definitely surreal, and uh, I took uh, every advantage of it. You know, I had a great time there, and uh, I'm really thankful I was able to do that. What are your goals for the rest of your year here in Indy? Just like I said, I have a strong second half. Uh, you know, hopefully help this team, you know, long playoff run. And, uh, you know, sky's the limit for this team. I think we have a really good group in there. Thanks a lot, Matthew. No worries. Thank you. That's Matthew Fogut 
another recent addition to the Indy Fuel on this edition of Under the Hood. On Friday night, the Tulsa Oilers came to town for the first and only time this season. Tulsa came in also red hot with points in nine of its previous 10 games and still desperate as they're out of a playoff spot in the Mountain Division and desperately needed two points to get closer. However, the Fuel also seized an opportunity as they could move into third place with a victory. After a tightly played first period, Keone Takshera made an incredible move through the penalty-killing box to give the Fuel a lead. Keone Takshera looks off a D, splits the D, takes it to goal and scores! Keone Takshera, a power play goal as he skated through all of the penalty killers, then was in all alone on Williams in front with forehand, backhand to the back of the net, and the Fuel lead at one to nothing. Well, just as I got done talking about offensive prowess, this was a stunning goal. Look at this from Keone Teixeira. Goes right through the Tulsa penalty killers like a hot knife through butter. And man, oh man, Keone Teixeira, I mean, he was just shot out of a cannon through the neutral zone. And he beats Williams forehand back, and he just got it up enough, just over the pad. He couldn't quite put it top shelf. But just enough elevation he got on that puck. And a great individual effort from the star-studded defenseman for the fuel key, Oni Texera. In the third period, with the game tied 1-1, Joe Sullivan squirted a shot through the five-hole to give the fuel a lead. Then Bobby McIntyre followed 17 seconds later. Battle in neutral ice won by the Oilers, and it's sent into the fuel zone by Devin Sitteroff. In behind the net, Texera settles it down. It's the first pass, pass the four-checker. McArdle, indirect pass to the line, catches Sullivan. Sullivan takes it to the bottom of the circle, takes it to goal, and he gets it through the five-hole. He scores! Joe Sullivan takes it to goal, went all the way across the face of the goal, and poked it through the five-hole. It broke through Williams. It trickled across the line, and Joe Sullivan has given the fuel a two-to-one lead. I'll tell you what, I know who I want on my billiards team. That's Josh McCardle. It was an outstanding stretch pass, a bank pass from his own zone to the neutral zone for Joe Sullivan, who just then exploded right to the net. Backhand, forehand, five-hole. Fuel win the offensive zone draw. Spencer Watson takes it behind the net. Tries a wraparound and scores! Spencer Watson with a sneaky backhand as he took it behind the net. Put it in front. Bobby McIntyre tipped it home it'll be McIntyre's goal the fuel with a three to one lead a power move from Spencer Watson right out the face off wraps this puck around the net and Bobby McIntyre standing at the back door able to redirect this puck and just shovel it at the net Devin Williams did not come across fast enough and just a great play off the faceoff by Spencer Watson. Not much more can be said about him. And Bobby McIntyre, who's had a great night, finally gets that goal. Indy would add three empty net goals to seal the victory. Spencer Watson finished the night with three assists, and Bobby McIntyre scored twice. Dan Bakula finished the evening with 33 saves and an assist as Indy finished the night in third place with a 6-2 win over Tulsa. Saturday night yielded a 4-2 victory in Kalamazoo in which Michael Doherty scored his fifth and sixth goals of the year and Bobby McIntyre added another as he scored a power play goal early in the third to give the Fuel a 3-1 lead. 
Kalamazoo did draw within one, but a 28-save night by Charles Williams slammed the door, and the Fuel skated to a 4-2 victory as Doherty's late empty netter was the cherry on top of a big road win. Another key player for the Fuel has been Ryan Van Strahlen, who came to the Fuel in the same trade that brought Cliff Watson to Indy. He had 11 goals in 33 games with Kansas City before the trade, but he has really exploded with the Fuel. He has become a regular on a power play unit, and he has five goals and two assists in nine games with Indy, including four on the power play. He takes a three-game goal-scoring streak into this upcoming weekend. And I had a chance to chat with Ryan before Sunday's game, and here is that conversation. Six points in eight games here with Indy so far. I'm just going to describe the transition to coming here with Indy and how well you've played. Uh, I think it's been a pretty easy transition. You've got a, a heck of a group of guys in the room, um, you know, very welcoming and very... Uh, um, you know, talented hockey player. So it's been a very easy transition off the ice and on the ice. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to play with uh, tremendous players. And, um, yeah, the numbers are, are working out for me. So the fact that you had played with Teixeira last year in Wichita, you played with Cliff Watson, how much did uh, having a couple of familiar names in the room, a, f- a couple of familiar faces really help that transition? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, Cliff and I got traded together, and we were talking on the way um, here. It was kind of kind of a blessing to have someone um, you know that you just played with coming with you and help with the transition and obviously I, I sent Tex a quick text uh, as soon as I found out and he was pretty th- thrilled so um, you know again coming to a new locker room you know at least one guy it's, it's definitely an easy transition. And with those guys essentially being the quarterbacks of the two power play units does it help you because they're really elite power play quarterbacks back there as you're kind of the net front guy on that power play? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's got a job on the power play. And, um, you know, I think both units right now are clicking. And, um, yeah, I mean, all-time players on both units are, are, are tremendous and everyone's doing their job. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been working out so far. When you look at your role, kind of that net front guy playing off to the side of the net at times, the low guy in the power play, What's the importance of that role, and what is your job in that? Uh, I think it's got to be strong, um, win the battles. Uh, I think one of the big key things that goes um, unnoticed is just making sure I'm tracking the pucks and helping um, you know, our, our skilled guys get the pucks and, and have time when they get it. Um, but again, like I said, everyone's clicking as a, as a group right now in the power plays, both units, and um, you know it's, it's pretty easy when everything's going right. It's your second full season in the league. You've got 15 goals this season. What has really been the biggest area of growth from year one to year two? Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, I think just uh, uh, getting some confidence back and um, some comfort. Some comfort. Um, uh, Doug's been really good here with me and, and helping me and tweaking little aspects of my game. And, uh, he's shown a lot of um, uh, like commitment and, and just belief in me to, to use me in different situations I might not have uh, been used in before. Uh, I think that goes a long way, just, just build the confidence up. How important is it to have, essentially, just be given an opportunity? Yeah, that's... I think that's it, what everyone everyone wants, right? That's mm-hmm. the ideal situation. And uh, like I said, I've been pretty fortunate to, to have the opportunity, and so far it's, it's working out. What's been your favorite thing about being an indie so far? Uh, the group of guys is tremendous. Um, like I said, from the day I got here, everyone was very welcoming and accommodating. And, um, you know, those are little details that go a long way for a winning team, and it's uh, it's been fun. And what, what are your goals for the rest of the year? 
just make a long playoff push. I don't really have too many uh, personal goals, to be honest. I, I came here um, from a trade, obviously, but excited with the potential this team has, and I want to help them um, you know, go as far as we can in the playoffs. Um, anyway, I can. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you. That is Ryan Van Strahlen joining us prior to Sunday's game, and then he went out and had another big night as the Fuel welcomed their in-state rivals, the Fort Wayne Comets. The Fuel quickly found themselves down 2 to nothing, but Indy responded again. Matthew Fogut scored on a beautiful feed from Jake Rizek to score a huge goal late in the first and draw Indy within one going into the first intermission. Nick Olchek, the Fuel with a good response. They didn't score on the last shift, but good zone time, good pressure, forcing a lot of turnovers, and making Cole Kaler's life a little bit difficult to fuel with the last five shots in this game. Since that second goal, the fuel with a great shift. We talk about the importance of a good shift after a goal four, especially after a goal against, to try and break up that momentum, stop it for Fort Wayne, and get some on your side. It's exactly what the fuel were able to do on that last shift. Yes, they didn't score, but they're putting a lot of pressure on it. If you continue to do that, you will eventually get a goal. Matthew Fogut to take the draw right wing circle offensive end. Play back to the point. Jake Rizek scores! Rizek fires a wrist shot from the right point that got through Kaler, and the Fuel have sliced the deficit to 2-1. to one. It may have been deflected in front, and this looks like it might be Matthew Fogut's goal as Rizek fired a wrist shot from the point, and Fogut went to the net and got the deflection on it. Yeah, Matthew Fogut. It was a little bit of a tie-up at the face-off. And Nathan Knoll, the right winger, comes in, provides support. He's the one that gets it back to the point for Rizek. And a shot through a mess of bodies. I think Fogut, as you mentioned, did get a stick on it. But it's that help off of the face-off from the winger to be able to get it back to the point and getting it through to the net by Rizek. That's a big goal. Michael Doherty continued his hot streak late in the second, scoring to tie the game with Joe Sullivan laying a big hit and Alex Brooks setting up Doherty for the score. And he fires it in. Gottlieb hops on the puck. He takes a big bump from Sullivan. Able to advance it to the line, but not out. Brooks to Doherty. Into the slot. Fires and scores! Alex Brooks with a steal. Feeds Doherty in between the hash marks. He rips one high stick side on Cole Kaler and the Fuel have rallied to tie this one at two as Michael Doherty scores his third goal in less than 24 hours. Michael Doherty from start to finish tonight has been an impact player. Look at this huge hit by Joe Sullivan. Bang! Right on Max Gottlieb. Great keep from Alex Brooks and then Doherty works himself off the boards from the right wing boards. The near side accelerates to the middle and that space was opened up because of the hit from Joe Sullivan. Gottlieb was still trying to peel himself off the ice. And because Gottlieb was out of position, that allowed the space for Doherty to skate into right in the slot. And he beats Cole Kaler, short side, a beautiful shot. Indy then completed the comeback by taking the lead two minutes and 19 seconds into the third period on a great individual move by Nathan Knoll that turned out to be one of the ECHL's plays of the week this week. Knoll used his speed to turn an odd man rush into a solo rush as he took the puck to the net and gave the Fuel a lead. Rizek out to Krushelniski. It's tipped forward. The Fuel with a two-on-one, maybe a three-on-one developing. Knoll across the line. Up the right side. Takes it to the backhand. He scores! Nathan Knoll goes high glove. 
right under the bar on Cole Taylor and the fuel lead at three to two. The takeaway in their own zone as defense leads to offense for the Indy Fuel and just a beautiful forehand backhand maneuver from Nathan Knoll. It was a two on one situation. It's going to develop from their own blue line, really a three on one. And because the defenseman, Jason Binkley, played the pass, he came over so far to Alex Krushelniski going on the back door. That allowed a clear lane to the net for Nathan Knoll. And he's able to deposit that one off the underside of the crossbar. A huge goal for Nathan Knoll. Knoll's goal was followed by another beauty, Jake Rizek's unassisted goal, which began with a poke check at his own blue line, making it 4-2. Gottlieb stick handles past one, but he can't get it past Jake Rizek. Good stick with a poke check, and then Rizek self-pass up in the left circle. He fires, scores! Jake Rizek with a great individual play as he took the puck away at his own line with a great poke check. Self-pass to the Fort Wayne line, took it to the slot, and roofed it over. Kaler, the fuel lead at 4-2. It's another defenseman creating offense from great defense. And Jake Rizek does this all himself. How many times have we seen him carry the puck, carry the mail out of his own zone, through the neutral zone? And just a, an incredible move, dancing to the middle of the ice, working himself to the most dangerous area, that being the slot. And a little half slapper. I'm a big fan of that shot. Catch the goaltender off guard. It's quick. It's hard. And Jake Rizek with a an impressive goal individually. Ryan Van Strahlen added a power play goal to finish out a 5-2 victory, giving Indy a 26-19-3 record heading into this coming weekend, including 7-1-2 in the Fuel's last 10 games and points in six straight, wins in five straight. Now, the Fuel have spent the better part of the last month at home. Ten of their last 12 have been played at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Now the Fuel hit the road for five of their next six, starting with a 3-3 and this weekend, Friday night in Fort Wayne. They'll then travel to Cincinnati for a pair of games Saturday night at 7.35 and at 3 o'clock on Sunday. And then it's back home for their one home game in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a 10.30 a.m. Education Day game against the Fort Wayne Comets on Tuesday the 18th. It's a key division matchup, and it's going to be witnessed by nearly 6,000 school children on field trips. If you're stuck at work and can't make it to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum to see that game, you can certainly join Nick Olchek and I for the broadcast at IndyFuelHockey.com slash radio and ECHL.tv. We're looking forward to having you join us at the Coliseum, but otherwise, we'll catch you on either of our two broadcast outlets. After that Tuesday morning game against Fort Wayne on the 18th, the Fuel will hit the road again with games the following weekend in Kalamazoo and Fort Wayne before they come home for three consecutive home games the last weekend in February. We've brought you a few guests so far on the podcast, but we have a couple more for you. Our first is Keone Teixeira, who has been the ECHL's elite power play quarterback since coming into the league last season with Wichita. He signed with the Fuel this offseason, and he has quickly produced especially at the power play. He leads ECHL defensemen with 14 assists and 17 points with a man advantage, and he ranks 17th among league defensemen with 26 overall points. In his last eight games, he has two goals and six assists, and is plus six in that span. Like the first Fuel player to graduate to the NHL, Colin Delia, Keone is a native of Southern California, and he has been a real asset to the Fuel blue line and dressing room this season. Here's our conversation with Keone Teixeira. 
40 games into the year. And describe how the year has gone for you so far as we get into the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good year. We, uh, we're off to a little bit of a rough start there, but we finally clawed our way back and got ourselves into a, a decent position right now. So as long as we keep doing the right things, it, mm-hmm. I see no problem why we, we couldn't make a playoff spot. So especially with this team, you've got so many guys kind of coming together, almost mm-hmm. forming a new team. Did, did it just take a little while to hit your stride and really get used to playing together? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of new faces coming in all the time, and, uh, you know, with the new additions here, and we had a really good weekend last week, and I think we're starting to finally gel, and everyone's figuring each other out a little bit. What do you like about being in Indy so far? Uh, the city's great. The fans are amazing. Um, our living situation is unbelievable here, and, and I couldn't ask for playing a better city. I love it here. You had a really good year in Wichita last year as a rookie. What brought you to Indy? What kind of made that decision easy for you to come here? Yeah, I, I talked to Doug a lot in the summer, and he was, he was very convincing, and he mm-hmm. really believed in the group that he was building, and um, I, I bought in, and um, I, I, lo- I love Doug as a coach, and um, everything I've heard so far has been true, and I, I'm enjoying my time here. Last year, you really had a breakout season as a rookie, and how quickly did things kind of come for you here in the ECHL and how quickly did you get adjusted to the speed, the pace, of the game? Um, I, I don't think it took too long to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Major Junior, playing Major Junior really helped mm-hmm. me get ready for pro hockey. Um, but uh, and I, I just was always taught while I was in junior, you know, put your work boots on when you're at the rink and do the right things and work hard and, you know, good things are going to happen. So, um, I mean, I, every day I come to the rink, it's, it's my motto and I try to work my, my butt off every day I'm here. And it's rare you see somebody come from junior to the pros and put up more points in their rookie year as a pro than they did in junior. Was that kind of a case of the fact that you had a really good situation in Portland and how how much did that help prepare you for the pros? Yeah, I think I got a lot of opportunity where I was last year and that really helped. Um, but uh, just the way they, they groomed the players there in mm-hmm. Portland, uh, they, they treated us like we were professionals so that mm-hmm. when we did end up playing pro hockey or go to college or whatever route we took in life, that we were prepared and ready for it, and I think that helped a lot. You'll see guys you played with like Caleb Jones, mm-hmm. Matt Dumba, playing well in the National Hockey League now. Right. How much did how much did they uh, help you as teammates? Uh, they were great teammates. Um, I loved playing with both of them, mm-hmm. and Dumba was like my older brother, and mm-hmm. we got along really well. Um, but just to see the way that he would come into the rink every day, and it, it was it was work time. Like it wasn't, uh, you know, he's here to play hockey and mm-hmm. he's having fun. It, it, he put his work boots on, did all the right things, uh, make sure he's taking care of his body, and uh, just looking after guys like that. It, it you know, you kind of just fall in their footsteps because mm-hmm. they're they're doing the right things. You had a chance to go to Vegas's camp last mm-hmm. year, Chicago's this year. And how much did that? opportunity getting a little bit of a glimpse of the National Hockey League help prepare you not just for this but also for a peek at what may be ahead um, yeah it's amazing I mean like just getting the, the little taste of that at camp it, uh, it really makes you want to work that much harder to get there I mean you see all these pros coming in and out and uh, you just you want to follow in their footsteps like I was saying and uh, I think at the end of the day it's all coming into hard work and you know trusting and believing in yourself how much chemistry have you built up with Brooks and McArdle and guys you've been uh, D partners with and how good is it to play with guys like that that allow you to rush the puck because they've got your back? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a long season so far. I've played with quite a few D partners, and uh, me and McCarl have been playing together for like the last 20 games or so and really figuring each other out out there and uh, knowing where we're going to be. And the chemistry just built. Same with Brooks. I've played with him for almost a good 15, 20 games as well. So um, I think the chemistry just gets built over the season, and we're, we're all clicking now, and everything's going smooth. It's a power play quarterback. What's 
the thing you're looking for out there as you're you know, setting things up? Um, it just depends on the personnel, but it's always you know just trying to be a distributor and make sure that I'm giving my teammates the best opportunities to be in a scoring position or a, a position to pass the puck. Growing up in California, how did you get into hockey, and how did that lead you to Portland? Yeah, my uh, my mom was from Toronto, so she had a, a hockey background a little bit. She grew up around it. She wasn't a big hockey fan or player or anything like that. But uh, our neighbors across the street, when I was growing up, were from Toronto as well. So they they had a good connection, and uh, my dad and him started playing roller hockey <coughs> in a roller hockey league, and it, had, it transferred to the streets. And they had kids as well, so we were all playing roller hockey in the street. And then one day, one of our friends was like, "Hey, you should come try ice hockey." I was like, "All right," and I fell in love with it. So play both for a bit. Say, so, that seems to be common in California, just because the weather is uh, conducive to playing a lot of roller hockey. I talked right. to Colin Delia a little bit, mm-hmm. and he said the same thing. He started out yeah. playing roller hockey and then transitioned to the ice. How much is the culture of hockey impacted by having the Kings, having the Ducks there, that have helped? grow the game there. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously back in the day it wasn't as big as it is now, mm-hmm. but I think with Gretzky coming over back mm-hmm. in the day and uh, having all these, you know, star players come into L.A. and Anaheim and like players like that, like, it's it's grown tremendously and every, everyone's hopping on the bandwagon and it's becoming more and more of a sport every day. And what are your goals for the rest of the year? Uh, just continue to work hard and go as far as we can with this team. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Yeah, thank you. Our final guest on this edition of Under the Hood is a special one as he was our guest for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. He is the NHL's Hockey Fights Cancer Ambassador this season, Eddie Olchek, 1984 U.S. Olympian, veteran of more than 1,000 NHL games, including five seasons with his hometown Chicago Blackhawks, first-round draft pick, former coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Stanley Cup champion in 1994 with the New York Rangers, and now a longtime analyst for both NHL on NBC and the Blackhawks television broadcasts. Eddie Olchek is a member of the United States Hockey Hall of Fame, and he's also the father of my outstanding broadcast partner, Nick Olchek, that'll be brought up a couple of times in this conversation. He visited the booth Friday night before the game, and we had a wonderful chat. So here is our conversation with Eddie Olchek. You've been here in Indy quite a bit. Your son Tommy played for the Fuel, as well as uh, you've had a number of sons play here as visiting players in the old uh, USHL. Describe your impressions of being here with the Fuel and being here at the rink. Yeah, well, Andrew, good to see you, and uh, thank you for uh, taking uh, taking Nick under your wing, and uh, I enjoy listening to you guys uh, anytime I'm traveling and uh, doing what I do for a living, so uh, you guys do a, a wonderful job, and uh, I thank you very much for showing Nick the way here in Indy, and I thank Jim and, and Larry for, uh, for allowing Nick to be a part of your uh, broadcast booth, but... I mean, I've always, I got great memories of, uh, of coming to Indy as myself as a young kid growing up in Chicago and playing a lot of youth hockey here in Indy. And then, uh, of course, in the USHL with, uh, with my boys, my older boys. And then, of course, Tommy getting a chance to play for the Fuel a couple of years ago. And then now with Nick being here working for the Fuel and working with you. So it's uh, a great place to come. Uh, the affiliation with the Blackhawks, which is tremendous and you know, and being on a night here tonight, obviously, is very special to me and our family with Hockey Fights Cancer and with me being the NHL ambassador this year for this initiative of the league and and also, uh, you know, here in the East Coast Hockey League and, uh, and me being a stage three colon cancer survivor. It's uh, it's a great night, and uh, if I'm not working, uh, I'm at a rink. doesn't matter if it's a youth hockey rink or uh, being here in the East Coast Hockey League. You mentioned your affiliation with the NHL. What does it mean to you being a survivor 
to be able to work with other families yeah. and be a spokesperson for cancer awareness yeah. as well as help those who are battling cancer yeah. and, and the families of survivors as well. Well, we want to bring awareness and uh, we want to bring hope and the money that's raised. You know, we want to help families in any way that we can. And look, I think it's the greatest initiative the National Hockey League has come up with in their in their history. When you look at the amount of people we've been able to help uh, and to be a part of it and to be their ambassador this year is just an honoring, an honor and a humbling experience. So, you know, the more that we can uh, bring awareness and hopefully someday it'll become uh, hockey beats cancer. Not just hockey fights cancer, and, and that's my ultimate goal. And I know the support that I had from from my family, uh, from my friends, from the hockey community. And uh, whether you know the person or not, it, we're trying to make a difference. And I know a night tonight, like tonight here with the Indy Fuel and the East Coast Hockey League, can hopefully make a difference in somebody's life. But for me, I just try to bring inspiration to somebody out there that's in the middle of the battle. And how much feedback and comments do you get when you're out making appearances yeah. or when you're out in the community from people that say that your work in raising awareness has really helped them? Well, that's why we do it, and that's my purpose now is to to try to bring uh, hope to somebody. And, uh, you know, I just recently wrote a book, uh, Beating the Odds in Hockey and in Life, and a lot of it is about my battle through you know, growing up as a young hockey player in Chicago and trying to make it to the NHL, but a big part of it is about my cancer battle. And if I can help inspire one person, Andrew, or help them get through the day, let alone their battle, then it was well worth the 16 months of a pen to paper to do the book. When you look at the book, what has been the feedback you've received from that? And why did you put pen to paper to tell your story? Well, it's trying to make a difference, and, uh, you know, Nick had a big part in the book as well. There's a chapter in there from all my kids, and it meant a lot. And, uh, you know, all you can do is, is uh, be honest, be transparent, be uh, as truthful as you can, and, and just be honest. And I think that's the, the reception I've gotten is that people, I don't want to say are shocked, Andrew, by the honesty that I tell the story in the book about, but um, it's just, you know, being... Uh, being transparent and uh, trying to be a role model in our community, whether you're a hockey fan, a horse racing fan, or somebody that's battling this uh, this terrible disease. You uh, obviously are... Hi, Nick. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, designated as the Hockey Fights Cancer yeah. Ambassador. What was that call like when you first realized that you were going to be the ambassador and kind of the responsibility now that's on your shoulders to, as you said, kind of spread awareness? Well, it's pretty emotional, really. Uh to know that they've had an ambassador the last couple of years, and it happened to be the uh, the wife of Craig Anderson, uh, the goaltender in Ottawa, and then the next year, uh, Brian Boyle, his wife, Lauren, was the ambassador. So to try to follow in those ladies' footsteps was certainly a daunting task, but very proud to do that and carry the torch that they carried. But, you know, look, when the National Hockey League calls, uh, you know, you listen, and I was very honored and humbled to get that opportunity, and... Like I said, it just the more people that know my story and to be able to bring hope uh, and to honor people that we've lost and people that are in the battle, then uh, it was uh, well worth the hard work that uh, that we put in through it. And I'm very proud of that, uh, to, to wear that hat, so to speak, and being the ambassador for Hockey Fights Cancer. A lot of what you've done is not just for people who are battling cancer, but also caregivers and sure. the families. How yeah. important is the role of the family? You know, in your well, fight with it as well as others yeah. who have gone through it. Well, I mean, this guy standing to our right here was a big part of that, even though he was at school and being a freshman at Colorado College, Andrew. But all my all my kids, Nick, my daughter Alexandra, my son Tommy, and 
my son Eddie and you know our uh, you know now my daughter-in-law um, you know just were there every step of the way and they were taking the leadership of, of my wife uh, Diana and I never saw her weak Andrew I never saw her down I never saw her worried around me but I know that she had her moments away from me and that's something we're trying to do is is spread that uh, the word that hey we got to make sure we're looking after the caretakers and caregivers because they're a big part of this battle for the people that are in the fight and uh, you know my folks were very helpful and my brothers and uh, the Blackhawks were unbelievable J- uh, Rocky Wirtz, John McDonough, Jay Blunk, uh, uh, Joel Quinville who was the coach at the time, uh, my great partner the great Pat Foley they were there every step of the way, and uh, I couldn't have done it by myself. And, and I do believe it was a, it was a team off t- team effort. And I'm proud to say that I'm cancer free coming up on March the fourth of two years. And uh, I couldn't have done it without my family and the closest people in my circle. And I had to fight for them. And uh, I'm glad that I'm standing here and I'm on the right side of the grass and uh, to be able to be a part of this night with the Indy Fuel. And again, I'm so thankful to Jim Hallett and the entire organization. They've been great. It's been a great night and looking forward to meeting a lot of great uh, hockey fans, fuel fans, and uh, meet a lot of cancer survivors out there as well. I'm sure it was therapeutic to open up and tell your story, like you said, from when you started playing youth hockey until now. Uh, You're on a bit of a book tour. You go and do signings and um, showings for your book. What has been kind of the most thoughtful experience that you've had going and doing those and meeting people who either have been inspired to just get through the day or get through a disease well nick you've been at a couple of those book signings that we've had and it becomes emotional sometimes because you get people that are sharing a story or they've lost somebody and and that's certainly very emotional but you know i think it's about giving back to the community and and that's what we're able to do and uh you know, I'm going back to Winnipeg on uh, on Sunday. I have a game with the Blackhawks that night. I spent almost six years of my NHL career of 16 years in the peg, and uh, I have a book signing in Winnipeg on Sunday afternoon before the game, so I'm looking forward to going back. But, you know, you just meet people, and they share stories, and, you know, they remember me as a Blackhawk or a Maple Leaf or a Jed and, you know, winning a cup with the Rangers in 94. Uh, it's, it has been very therapeutic to uh, see a lot of people but uh, like I said if, if I could just help one person then it was well worth the effort and the initiative of, uh, of doing the book. You look back at your career as a player as a coach now as a broadcaster with both NBC and with the Blackhawks how good has hockey been for yeah. you just and to you just to uh, give you a great career but also give you a platform here? Well getting back to normalcy after my year battle Andrew with stage 3 colon cancer mm-hmm. uh, I did some games when I was sick and I, I said publicly that was the best medicine that I had during that six months of hell, really. And um, but it's the, the game. Uh, it's it's brought me everything I have in life, and I'm so thankful. As a young kid growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, is I brought home a flyer from school that said "Learn to skate," and thankfully I didn't throw it away in the garbage. And my mom got it and said, "Hey, you know, would you like to do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And you know, it took me a couple of times to get on that ice and feel safe out there, but. It's, uh, it's, you know, I was, I was born to be a hockey player and, and everything I have, I owe to the game of the hockey and, and passed it down to, to Eddie and to Tommy and obviously Nick. So, uh, my passion for the game has always been there. I love to do what I do. I work with some incredible people at NBC and for the Blackhawks and uh, my two partners, uh, the great Doc Emmerich 
and Pat Foley. I couldn't ask for two guys that uh, that I love more or trust more in the chemistry that we have on the broadcast. So I'm a player, I was a coach, and now a broadcaster, so I'm not sure what's on the horizon, but uh, everything I have I owe to the great game of hockey, and it's my opportunity to give back. So what's next? The movie, screenplay, <laughs> theater. All right, Nick, come on. Who's gonna play uh, your dad in a movie? You got any ideas there? All right, look at see. Cat's got his tongue now, Andrew. He, he's thinking about. It. I better be nice. He doesn't want to go somewhere where he might need gas to get back to Columbus tonight to see his grandpa. So, uh, you know, I look at. Uh, I get that question a lot. Um, I've had opportunities to get back coaching uh, as I did in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, I'm very, I'm very much at peace. Uh, I'm content. I would never say never at anything, but uh, I think anything that I do, there'll always be, uh, always be hockey pucks involved. So uh, we'll see what happens. So you really don't have an answer for the movie, Nick? Come on. I might know a few what people. Like, what am I like, yeah. Tom Cruise or somebody? What do you think about that? Huh? <laughs> Pretty good. No, not bad. Uh, what's the one guy's name there? That's in all those movies. Uh, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank there. Uh, the Oh, God, that's, I'm no good with movie. I shouldn't even brought it up. I'm sorry, but <laughs> what's him taken? Wasn't it taken? The guy that's Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Somebody said I looked like him the other day on the airplane. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Andrew, but maybe uh, a young uh, Eddie Olchek would be Tom Cruise, and then maybe when I maybe now I'd be Liam Neeson. So <laughs> if there's ever a movie about me, uh, that'd be a pretty good thing. So. Well. I- what a thank you for sharing Nick with us uh, here at the Indy Fuel. He's been an outstanding broadcast partner and become a good friend as well. And uh, I've really enjoyed every minute sharing the booth with him. And well, thank uh, you very much again. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity for him. It's something that he's aspired to do for a long time. And uh, again, I think I thank Jim and Larry and the entire organization and yourself. He's uh, he enjoys coming to Indy and. Uh, I, I like I said I, I enjoy listening to you guys. It's a it's a fun listen. And as I I tell people, they, people, young broadcasters ask me all the time, Andrew, you know, like for advice and things. I say, you know what? You're there to entertain. You know, you're there to entertain and tell people, you know, what you see, and whether it's on the internet or you know on the radio, is you're there to entertain people and tell people why. And uh, you guys do a wonderful job, and I enjoy listening to you guys. So thanks for having me into your booth and. Uh, no more headset for me tonight. I'm going to go down, drop the puck. I'm going to go sit with Jim, and I get a chance to sign autographs and meet some meet some of the great Indy Fuel fans uh, during the uh, first intermission, the start of the second, and then I get to Winnipeg on uh, on uh, Sunday for uh, the Blackhawks and uh, Jets on Sunday night. Thanks to Eddie Olchek for stopping by our booth and having a really fun chat. And thanks to you for joining us on another fun edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. Again, the Fuel on the road this coming weekend in Fort Wayne on Friday. Two games in Cincinnati, Saturday and Sunday. Then back home at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesday the 18th against the Fort Wayne Comets. Then the Fuel back to the road the following weekend before three consecutive home games, the 28th, the 29th, and the 1st of February and March. And we look forward to seeing you at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for any of those dates. Of course, you can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office, and get all the ticket information you need at IndyFuelHockey.com. Want to thank all of our guests for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood, and especially you as well. This is the broadcast voice of the fuel, Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the ring. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.